check, one, two, mic check up Still back that blood out, that's a bottle I pray to Mecca All this gang shit in my brain, I got the rank, I got the blessing Take some extras out the brick, we press a brick, it ain't no pressure Sipping Tiki in my Kiki, I'm with Didi and Vanessa Top nine bitches on my roster, get the most and not the less A pop for me, me in the valley, drop the hole up on Winneka Take some extras out the brick, we press a brick, it ain't no pressure Yes, I, I didn't wanna speak on this shit, but it's really been racking my brain now Yes, sir, everybody, you know what time it is. It's time for both Ricker and Bond to be inside of your ears while you do things. Uh, they said this time it's only Ricker. So, what's going on? Shout out to everybody listening in their cars, on their scooters, and everywhere else in between. Gonna pump up my volume a tiny bit. Just a wee bit. Supposed to have a guest today. Didn't have a guest. Bond didn't come on today. He's on union strike. He wants he wants more pay, but like, you know, you know. Just you know, a, a billion an hour just is is an egregious amount to ask for. So that uh, took the episode off. He, he don't cross the picket line, the bond picket line. Shout out everybody all across the world uh shout out my guy uh norwegian peter as we like to call him i don't even know if that's how he's if that's the adjective for norway i'm pretty sure it is though what a classic day wonder hit hit up the instagram before the pause like y'all dude way too much crypto stuff <laughs> when you're a day wonder all right there was a there's there's day oneers right and there's day twoers and threeers and whatnot there's there's pre and post Instagram blow up, and the blow up was because a dupe was dancing on TikTok. So people came from there. It used to be a podcast named Dark Racial Humor, which both featured Ricker and Bond. Might have a a tie there somehow. And uh, the podcast kind of evolved as evolved as people. We both got in the worry not tech stuff, but then. As new crypto Web3 stuff started popping off, it, uh, you know, racked our brains for a bunch of times. And man was like, yo, dude, I like it. Sure. Crypto here and there. But can you guys get back to the roots? And I was like, yeah, what are my roots? <laughs> I forgot my roots, man. What are they exactly? And he's like, yeah, man, you guys just like used to talk about everything. Little, little news, little deep stuff, little headlines. So I might peel back some of that. 24 7 crypto talk web 3 talk but i also you know from my perspective uh, i don't really like like the gossip culture which is exactly what a podcast is for the most part so i was trying to like lean into talking about things that would give me some value that's a little selfish there sometimes but also gives you a, a little exercise to talk about other things right now i'm rambling because i didn't pull up any headlines so I might go deep into just what I'm thinking about for a little bit. As I've done in the past for a little solo episode. Shout out. Work my podcast solo muscle like Bill Burr on Mondays. You know what I'm saying? Bill Burr on Mondays. Um, Monday. Go subscribe to the podcast if you're listening because you're already listening. So you already know how to do it. I also want to make sure no one's like... Okay, 
don't have a random person in my Zoom room. Uh, I do have one more crypto interview lined up for next week. Uh, but it's, it's pretty cool. I'll try to talk about other things too. But uh, this person's a part of a project, crypto project. It's an NFT project. And they made, they made a Discord from like zero to 10,000 in like a month. Pretty crazy. Wanted to talk about that. I did line up guests quite frequently next to each other. So we had basically a month just of guests talking about Web3 stuff. So it's a little on me again. You know, like I said, you got to overcorrect after you learn new information. And then you overcorrect back. You have ups and downs. You know, it's a trough. It's a peak. It's a wave. Wave sign. It's, uh, it's almost the end of the year, 2021. I spent most of this year. You know, you got you got to set your, you got to write down your goal skis for the new year on, on November. That's what you got to do. November rolls around. You're like, all right, it's time to, it's time to take account of what I've been doing. I think I did that, but it was kind of a vague, vague goal still. Um, I wanted my profit factor for trading simulations to be over five. So it'd be like five X what I would put in. It's not real money, but that's still going slow for me. That's been annoying me lately. And I made, you, you get up every like Monday and Friday and you open your, your, your charts at 5 a.m. Pacific Standard Time to watch stocks open, right? And you do that. I've been doing that since like March, March 10th, 2021. And so if you have a profit factor of one, you would, you would be making, I think, zero dollars, I think. So anything, you know, one times your initial put in. And if you have five, Profit factor of five, you have five times your initial put in. So obviously you want a, a thousand X everything, but that profit factor is the metric that tells you if you're doing good. And so for for seven months, I've been been trying to practice that mastery. I have not mastered it yet. I mean, supposed to only trade on certain days of the week in my plan, right? traded on a on a different day than that plan and then didn't get up the next day i, I made a, a bad move and then didn't get up the next day for the next morning that's a no boy that's no bueno right there you can't be doing that if you want to go down hard you know with a little 10x so that was a little disappointing but thinking about as a, uh, a calendar year rolls around that was one of my things i wanted to do i wanted to make more money than I was making on other side ventures uh, at the end of the year. The profit factor is supposed to be at the end of the year. But going towards the year, you got you to, gotta, I got to, I got to ramp up all around, you know. Got to niche down a little bit, get some traction somewhere, reach out to more people, read more books, practice more things, take more action on things. I, apparently I stopped my, 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 my infamous morning workouts for a while, for like a month or something, because some shoulder stuff. And then, uh, yo, let me tell you, if you just, first of all, if you do push-ups every morning for seven months, I mean, 9 to 11 is seven plus three, for seven months, you get ripped, at least in the ab area. 
and uh, you stop for a month, you get a gut, dude. <laughs> this is a, you know, newsflash. Newsflash, it takes, it takes a, a lot shorter of time to take down everything that you've been doing than it takes time to build up something. I think that's just a general, general principle for life in itself. It takes a long time to build something up, compound steam, build steam with a grain of salt, as if, if anyone's a DJ Shadow fan. And it takes about a 11th, one eleventh of that time to take it all down in a in a rotten blaze of fire. So I have a gut, dude. I was I was stoked on like a six pack for like months. I was like, yeah, what's good? You get up and freaking six pack about it. I didn't know how uh mentally kind of boost my confidence. Not even confidence, but it's like, all right, cool. I like this, I enjoy it. Didn't really say that at the time, and then when you got a little little belly on you. I never really even had a belly, dude. Uh, not like overweight by any means, but in comparison to what I was throughout the months, I was like, yeah, this is, I don't, I don't enjoy this, dude. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of this. There's a comedian, Tom Segura, who's a, who was a fatter gentleman, and he, he has a podcast with his wife. He talks about how he uh, enjoyed the fat shaming of his fans that people were giving him. He did like a, weight loss competition and uh he had a bit not a bit it was just like a a stint on his on his podcast it was like you you feel bad you should feel bad (laughs) and uh i both not feel bad uh you know detrimentally but like yeah dude i did did these push-ups again start that probably up on december 5th no december uh i mean that's tomorrow i'll probably do some push-ups after this podcast man um yeah man so take account of your life you know see what's going on every november it's a nice little round month it's a 10th month of the year no 11th month of the year um and see what you want to do man write down your stuff get some theory in you but then also know that that theory means nothing if you do nothing man that's something i gotta i gotta you know keep going forward and uh take some action that can be explicit right peter um some headlines i did want to get into that's kind of crypto based dude uh but (laughs) but uh it's stocks you know everything's kind of going down in some markets man um a little number based but it's also macroeconomic based too of the world a little Microsoft took a dumpy dump. I know a lot of people made a lot of money on uh, DocuSign stock. Uh, and boy, it's, it's a red December, man. People like to call it that uh, that that harsh winter for, for stocks and crypto. They call it that, the crypto winter. Um, Ethereum, I, I had a level at like 3.8. Uh, it triggered the level, and I watched on my phone, Ethereum go from 3.6 to 3.8 like $3,800 in about the span of four seconds. It was wild, you know, so that, uh, the first drop of the exponential year that people have been seeing for stocks and crypto is, is coming, man. You got some, you got CEOs settling off, quitting their positions as the heads of companies. Uh, you got new 
COVID variant media. Um, I'm curious to see if other media besides the United States talks about what they talk about. Like does, does a uh, Argentinian media talk about a new coronavirus variant? Does that cause any stir in their local economies? Um, Microsoft took a little dumpy poo. Can't wait for that to hit a level that I like. Stoked on that. Square is just giving me a, just like, suck it, dude. <laughs> Square is just, you know, it's, it's fear right now. A lot of fear. <laughs> a lot of selling. Uh, and people, Bond's gonna hop back on and be like, oh, this is why people are selling. So I was in the, I was in a Discord and, uh, Someone's like, yo, what's going on? Why is it dropping? I say, I mean, it is because it is, you know? At the end of the day, it is. Besides uh, predicting your cycles, which I've not mastered yet, which, you know, part of the books. Got some book Christmas list. Uh, do I care why it's going down? It's going down. I mean, that's what I care about, really. You know, theory versus action. Sometimes you want to preempt that theory. As has been brought up on the pod before. Be like, yo, all right. If there's some news <laughs> that you know about that no one else does that wants to move a market, you can get ahead of that. But uh, once he goes down, it goes down. You got to work from there, man. Picked up some stuff on the on the red, you know, buying blood spree. Little Cardano, Polkadot, Ethereum, Bitcoin. Um, picked up some Square. Everything's probably gonna go down more, dude. It might be it might be the big one. Might be the big one, dude. I'm gonna have to deploy some cash that I had from short term investing. Put it in the long term. Which isn't too bad, but you know. At this point, I expect it's the end of the year with uh a mastery of short term trading on a certain asset class. And it didn't happen like that. So that money is going to go towards that. Now you know, freaking 50x that. But now I have to, now I have to fix the 50x stocks over, over a span of time, which I'm not mad at. Mark, just be red, man. I might name a kid Market. See how it goes. Or Marcus or something. And every time you hear the word Market, you think of your name. Um, You know, going back into that thing I said of a CEO stepping down and kind of going towards going towards uh, what you're seeing in, in the red um, I'm pretty sure we talked about Dorsey leaving Twitter maybe not but Jack Dorsey was the CEO of Twitter man's left and he's also the CEO of Square it's a, a payment payment giant as CNBC says uh, and then two days after he leaves Twitter uh, uh, another news headline of a company changing its name, which is, you know, someone brought up to my attention, hey, this isn't super, super, super normal. You know, there's a lot of name changes going on. There's a lot of CEOs stepping down, selling off stock, you know. Got to wrap my brain around that pattern a little better. Square to block, um, a big, what I thought was a pretty big move, like just like I thought Meta was, um, because, I mean, I'm thinking in my life, if I know any other 
pretty large companies and zeitgeist changing their names. Uh, I mean, you had kind of Google into Alphabet doing the same thing. Uh, and these people are, these, these companies are making umbrella, umbrella companies to have their companies under. And, you know, as my, my short time watching you know, private, not I mean public companies, but uh, companies in the United States move, I hadn't thought about it. Like, hey, man, this, this might, eh, eh, could be a little, could be a little something, a little, a little something in the water here. Uh, but, you know, not thinking about that first, I thought this was pretty freaking crazy. Um, a little bit crazier than Facebook going to Meta. Square, you saw with Twitter too, they wanted to go more decentralized stuff and more like, as as you see Web3 going that way, Twitter's like, hey, we're going to do some, some Bitcoin tipping. We're going to verify your JPEG so people know it's on the blockchain and it's an Ethereum thing. And people will see like, oh, dude, he's got a freaking $5 billion ape JPEG. That's dope. You can verify that on Twitter. And Square, coming off its original credit card reader business is focusing on new technology such as blockchain so cnbc this happens uh just freaking days after dorsey leaves twitter uh it's block you know <laughs> square is renaming itself block as it focuses on technologies such as blockchain and expands beyond its card reader business uh, acknowledges the company's growth creates room for further growth Dorsey says, we built the Square brand for our seller business, which is where it belongs. Block is a new name, but our purpose of economic empowerment remains the same. No matter how we grow or change, we will continue to build tools to help increase access to the economy. Giving people the ability to take out some freaking debt, dude. You know, Square the, square the new JP Morgan, as my man Ian Dunlap likes to say over and over again. That's kind of where I've, you know, I got trust in man's, but... So let's think about it, right? Square partners with Tidal. And in, in the Web3 movement, you have ownership of your digital assets more so. So if you partner with a music streaming platform and perhaps people can buy into music that they're listening to, and perhaps you can buy into Ricker and Bond podcast on Tidal. I don't think you can do that yet, but if you... If, <laughs> If you could, I'd be on title right now. Everybody not on title would just have to. I'd give you clips. I'd give you clips on YouTube, maybe some Instagram clips, but but you'd you'd have to be on title to to get that piece of the pie, boy. Um. They also bought Afterpay. Buy now, pay later. Get that debt in there. So they bought Afterpay. They bought Title, and they have a. Uh, a Bitcoin exchange, I think it's going to be called TBD. And then Square Crypto, dedicated to advancing Bitcoin, they say. Um, the name Block, Block said in the state. Also, Block doesn't have like a trademark. Block.com is a weird link to a Squarespace site, which is not Square. It's basically like Wix. Anybody can make a Squarespace site. It seems like... Uh, uh, one of the largest companies in, in Mindshare in the U.S., Square, should have Block.com under wraps. They couldn't get Block Twitter. They have Blocks with an S. 
it's all kind of weird, you know? Um, but they said, Block has many associated meetings for the company, Building Block's neighborhood blocks and their local businesses, communities, coming together at Block parties full of music. Music, a blockchain, a section of code, and obstacles to overcome. Very interesting, man. Um, a lot of what Square is going towards is becoming a bank that people can get into. Probably be the easy, frictionless area to get in between the the polars of like super into banking and then people saying, oh, banks suck, dude. And Square Cash App uh, will probably be that, that middle ground people will go to have a nice interface, really nice interface, pretty simple. Um, only focused on one cryptocurrency, basically. So people don't have to get scared about other things. It's just Bitcoin, basically. Um, Dorsey was very adamant about not doing Ethereum stuff. Probably because once you use Ethereum, we go into an ecosystem of other products that are basically not endless. And if you're using Bitcoin, man, there's there's a pretty closed ecosystem there besides uh, slow payments. <laughs> um, so that was very interesting to me, as well as a bunch of a bunch of companies doing the same thing, where uh, it, uh, it 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 looks a little weird, looks a little weird, and it's uh, picked up in in the market colors as well. A little, a little daunting, you know. Uh, people who, like uh, my man's, my man's homegrown wealth on Discord, uh, hit up the Instagram if you want to get in the Discord. We'll get you a link soon. Um, said said hey, <laughs> welcome to what things kind of look like. If this is your first year, a lot of people's first year in in stocks and crypto was was twenty twenty one. Basically, year twenty in twenty twenty, you, you got you get the you got a couple couple of weeks basically to to pick up all the good gold that people are showering over your head but myself didn't understand that uh didn't understand or even look at the markets like that at financial markets or crypto markets both financial but not financial advice and realized that that was uh, just money printing for me and uh, you know you have a a cold cold winter for a few days or a few weeks unless it goes into to some snowstorms that people were were rumoring towards the middle middle latter end of the year. Um Rihanna's pregnant. <laughs> you wanna talk about anything probably at the time? Let's talk about it, dude. But that would that would, would be probably one thing I would I would have brought up either way. Uh, Rihanna's Fenty skin announces first exfoliant. Are you kidding me, bro? Oh, she shut down the roomies. Is Rihanna not pregnant? According to In Style, Rihanna shut down pregnancy rumors in the most savage way. What? Rihanna's not pregnant. All right. So there's everybody thought. I see. This is what I hate, bro. Like, I'm talking about another person's pregnancy. That's what I'm doing. That's what's probably at the time. That's what I'm doing right here. I'm talking about. Another woman I do not have in my life getting pregnant with a man that I don't have in my life. That's what we're doing, man. All right. <laughs> Enjoy it.
I thought it was weird, man. Like ASAP Rocky got the golden eggs of Rihanna last name. I already know her actual name. But she shut down the latest batch of pregnancy rumors after the tabloids began to question whether or not she was expecting her first child with boyfriend ASAP with a dollar sign Rocky following an appearance in Barbados to accept her native country's National Hero Award? What, dude? No one talked about that? I'm talking about the National Hero Award. Rihanna. For the occasion, she wore a clingy orange silk halter gown. All right? So, again, this is a, a silk halter gown. Everybody got that? And, and it's clingy a little bit. And, and the internet was like, yo, dude, does that lady have a person in her stomach? And sleuths went into overdrive when photos emerged of the song. She was placing her hands over her stomach. Because, you know, women don't put their hands on their stomach unless they're pregnant. And men only put their hands on their Johnson when their seed has gone into another man. <laughs> Definitely said another man. Man or woman. Uh, yeah. Apparently she's not freaking pregnant. She still might be. Do I... Really want to rack my brain around if Rihanna's pregnant? No, I don't. That's not how I want to spend my days. That's not how I want to spend my days on this on this lovely podcast. I do kind of want to see what's up with this National Hero Award, though. She's not even wearing her orange silky halter gown. This is a a, a white suit and black gloves. Uh, she says, y'all are the true heroes, Barbados. That's dope, dude. That's dope little Akon going on. A Bahan? Apparently they're Bahan. The people of Barbados. Singer and entrepreneur was named Barbados 11th. She's the 11th national hero. What are the other national heroes? How old is Barbados? <laughs> national heroes of Barbados. I think they're... Their head person is a lady. Is it? Is it the prime minister? The country celebrated becoming a. Oh, what? They're becoming. Oh my goodness! This is a lot more interesting than freaking if Rihanna is pregnant. They became a republic for the first time in history. So what's good with that? What's a republic mean? <laughs> Define republic, Siri. Here we got. We got Barbados national heroes, man. Eleven people, and Rihanna is one of them. We got. They don't even click Rihanna. They don't even have... Barbados.org doesn't have Rihanna on their their slash people slash heroes website. It's not, it's not good enough yet, dude. Here's what we got. The 11 people. Barbado National Heroes. The right excellent Errol Walton Barrow. Right excellent Sir Grantley Adams. I'm not going to say the right excellent... Because it looks like a title they got going on. It's, it's pretty cool title. I mean, you got like Lord and like Kingship. But you just said, hey, right excellent over here. And in a, in a Caribbean accent and tone. Get out of here. Grantley Adams. Bussa. Apparently Bussa. Just, just Bussa. Just a uh, person named Bussa. Largest slave, largest slave revolt against the oppressive white planters in April 1816. Who are the white planters, dude? This is they got titles for days. White planters. If I if I was gonna call a, a group of people that were enslaving people and they were white, I would call them white planters for sure. 
He had been born at Fremantle in Africa, captured and brought to Barbados as a slave. Didn't know when he was born, but he died in 1860. Sarah Ann Gill was a heroine and not the drug. Samuel Jackman Prescott, kind of sounds familiar. Journalist, doctor of journalism, shout out. Frank Walcott, Dr. Charles Duncan O'Neill, Garfield Sobers, we're getting towards the modern day heroes, uh, Hugh Springer and Osborne Payne, people born in the 1930s, and you got almost pregnant Rihanna as your, your 11th hero, shout out, shout out Miss Fenty. Barbados says goodbye to Queen Elizabeth, transforms into a public, oh this is actually really interesting. Barbados stopped pledging allegiance to Queen Elizabeth II on Tuesday as it shed another vestige of its colonial past and became a republic for the first time in history. Several leaders and dignitaries, including Prince Charles, attended the ceremony that began late Monday in Popular Square, where the statue of a well-known British lord was removed last year amid a worldwide push to erase symbols of oppression. Fireworks peppered the sky. As Barbados officially became a republic with screens set up across the island so people could watch the event that featured an orchestra with more than 100 steel pan players and numerous artists, including, I think, Rihanna. It was also broadcast online. I didn't know anything about the Bahan Republic. That's crazy. That's very interesting. Talking about as markets go down, things are starting to get a little weird, it seems, that... A uh, a land is like, hey man, we're not down with uh, saying y'all are, are chill with us anymore. It's very interesting. It also seems like a clean c cut thing there, you know? You have to do some paperwork or what? Does, does, a, does a land that says it's uh, under a vestige of oppression have to sign any parting agreements with the people they say are the oppressors. Uh, the drive to became a republic began more than two decades ago. Okay, so maybe it's a little more a little more than, uh, than paper you gotta do. Culminated with the island's parliament electing its first ever president last month in a two-thirds majority vote, Barbados Governor General Sandra Mason was scheduled to be sworn in before dawn on Tuesday as the island marked its 55th independence from Britain. Fit, what, you've had 55 independencies from Britain? Is that what I just read? Mason is 72. Serving as an ambassador. There's Riri. She, she is, you know, to, to the tabloids, she does have her hands over her stomach. You know, I'm looking at the picture right now. And it's kind of weird that they actually did put a picture of <laughs> Rihanna putting her hands over her stomach. That's very interesting, man. Markets go down in an island announces it's uh, dislinking from England. I'm assuming the Queen, Eng Queen Elizabeth is England. <clears throat> very, very interesting. So, you know, sh shout out pregnancies. That leads you to understanding that they, uh, the country became a republic for the first time. That that's quite crazy, man. The prime minister made some jokes. Said shine bright like a diamond. Hell. Um, I do have another crypto headline. I don't have any other headlines really. You could I, I could talk about a new startup 
literally reinventing the wheel. We could talk about a little climate. Um, I gave you some. I gave you some deep before. You know, I talked about my goals a little bit. That's a little. That, that was your deep, maybe, Peter. Um, some cats reinvented the wheel. <laughs> a company, Arizona-based startup developed a new type of wheel that ditches the need for polluted rubber tires, you know. And this is kind of a, a general deep thing, but I've talked about this on the Discord with a, couple, with a couple people, and it's been brought up <laughs> in my head. I was thinking short-term clips versus long-term clips. It's funny. Long-term long form podcast versus little five second things of the internet people like um but i was thinking people don't have a long-term mindset for a lot of things especially the surroundings of, of their living so there's not too much incentive for people to want to make changes to climate things in in the way of making new materials for things or or new processes for for systems that are done for people and this is kind of a thing where it's like oh because you don't have a lot of people being like oh man i don't care about anyone else besides me and potentially my family maybe, maybe it changes uh once you got some family involved, but a lot of younger people be like, all right, I'm not going to be alive by the time the world is hot and unbearable to live in and ocean things are polluted and people throw out trash every two seconds uh, to be thrown into the water. Uh, and you know, people are like, oh, whatever, dude. Hasn't, hasn't done anything to me yet. And which is, you know, true. But, uh, the the incentive for for humans to either see the compounding effect detrimentally that has on their family's future perhaps they have a family your family's gonna gonna be in a different world uh just you know not even talking about america losing reins on the world uh but things like a tire <laughs> which apparently is they're polluted uh not a lot of companies are, you know, thinking about that. You have Tesla, they say, moving towards an airless tire on its Model 3. But none of us succeeded so far with trying to create a new tire. So you know, people think, well, why would I create a new tire? Uh, you know, it's bad somehow. Air suspension wheel, brainchild of serial inventor and structural dynamic engineer Dr. Zoltan Kameni. Patent air suspension wheel. Constructed mostly of steel, in-wheel pneumatic suspension. They're cylinders. Uh, $30 billion per year focused on OTR mining. And this article didn't define what OTR is for me. But I think it's rubber tires. So $30 billion a year for rubber tires. A typical 13,000-pound tire can cost up to $75,000 for a useful lifetime of only six to nine months. That's a large expense for a product that does not last, according to the company. 
On the other hand, the ASW lasts as long as the vehicle itself and therefore saves up to 60% in costs. And I think they said you could recycle it somehow. Things like that. You spend a lot of money for things that last not a long time. And I've said it on the podcast before, but I think that is largely related to cultural norms. Um, I think just humans as a general right now, I don't know if there's a society at large that is like, yeah, we got to really, really think about future, future. Um, China has like, like economic plans for like a hundred years out. And I'm sure other countries do as well. But even that, you know, you've seen China pollution via the media, at least. I've never been in China. I can't say too much. I've barely been outside of three states in the United States. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, we were talking about how someone wanted a, a system that was like, you know, governor-based. They're saying, what does the president know over in, in D.C. about Oregon, right? And if that's the same mindset <laughs> and you say, well, then how do you know about other countries and what is actually true about that if you don't go there? If you, if you, if you say that you can't build a solid uh, decision in your mind about a place through other people and media. Something to think about. If, if a president can't understand a state then obviously a citizen can't understand a country far away if it's the same one-to-one mindset solid argument perhaps charles hostinson of uh cardano cryptocurrency <laughs> lol um was talking about incentives for that and how that asset class might work better in skewing people's incentives towards a future that they cannot see very easily so try to balance as much as you can as uh, short-term optimization for yourself and, and making the longer-term incentive also exist in that in that same space i think it's it's a wise thing to think about because um, one day it's uh you know one day you wake up after 11 months of doing ab exercises and you wake up after not doing them and you have a little bit of a belly. And that's my analogy for not very cognizant of companies and people. And it always goes down to the individual, you know. If you can't care enough to put some plastic in a recycle bin, how do you... How do you scale that up from from citizen to city to state to country to planet uh, but that's the tire industry man at this point this company says our plan is to expand our distribution network and really start taking the tire industry by storm companies like caterpillar hitachi or volvo could end up as partners or clients in gacw's future gacw is a global air cylinder wheels I think they said you could re recycle them. Yeah. After that, unlike, so. Environmentally friendly, this steel wheel is as cost efficient as, as this publication says. The ASW is engineered to have the same lifespan as the vehicle is as it's mounted on. 
This is just like a general lifetime for vehicles. After that, unlike rubber tires, it can be reconditioned or it can be completely recycled. P-dope, dude. P-dope. Do I have any other things? I do like sports, man. And let me say, let me say something real quick. You know, like I said, the, uh, the shift into talking about almost purely web three stuff on the podcast was a little bit conscious because i didn't want to talk about things that i couldn't profit off of really <laughs> but man golden state warriors man i like a little bit of basketball i don't watch it often like i might have used to because like i said i like to i kind of transition to trying to you know thousand x myself ten ten thousand x myself with books and whatnot but boy these warriors that everybody wasn't talking about for like a year uh are just ripping it up dude. <laughs> just ripping it up man and like it's pretty freaking dope i like it as someone who is a is a uh identifies as a, a fan of this team what else like to say that there's cool nfts of warrior tickets <laughs> but that's kind of a, a cool utility because you got you got this collectibles for like sports stuff which collectibles does as well and uh, you can buy a freaking four thousand dollar digital ticket but if you do that with physical it'd be a little cooler secondary market first in the freaking first just first you know that's what the warriors are 19-3, like, what's good with it? Like, what's really, just, what's really popping with it, Dubbies? It's just like, it is what it is, 19-3, and three, no big deal. No big deal, dude, just ruined the Suns' win streak. No big deal, dude. I mean, the Warriors had one of the biggest win streaks, in the, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Um, Let's see if Twitter gives me any, any headlines, and then I might want to wrap it up here. I might want to begin to wrap it up here. Let's see what uh, the now Jack Dorseyless Twitter has to give me for headlines. They do have ads. Someone was talking about how Twitter does not know their user enough to do advertisements, and there was a there was a debate between these two these two people these two fine ass people about how can Facebook monetize or Twitter monetize as easy as Facebook does. And I say yes, dude. If if people are if people are subscribed to these topics and stuff, I don't I don't know the percentage of Twitter users that are get these these topic notifications, but it completely changes your your Twitter landscape, um, and kind of does show you things you want to see. So I think if you do it like that, have that in your arsenal, uh, a company could see if people are into stuff um but the other argument was that people don't like spend their lives on twitter like they do on facebook which i kind of get you know i have a bunch of pictures of uh <clears throat> your family on Twitter. Some people might. Uh, but, I, but I think there's enough data there. I just, I, maybe that wasn't the, the ethos of Twitter not to 
monetize people's information and, and interests. <laughs> uh, but it, uh, I think it's there, man. Uh, I was looking at headlines. Give me a give me a last headline here. Been on for about about an hour. Um, there was that dude. Who, I mean, this is why I don't like talking about things that the media chooses to talk about, <laughs> for the most part, because there's always other stuff happening. And it's like, why was that chosen? I've seen I've seen the behind the scenes of new stuff. And it, it is indeed just people. And even but when you get a little bigger, man, you get bigger. People got people got a little little handcuffs on them for sure. Um Entertainment news. Some wrestling in there, some all elite wrestling. If anybody's a wrestling fan, shout out. Oh dude, freaking Virgil Ablo. I think I wasn't a big fan of his. Not that I wasn't, but I just didn't know him off top. Is it Ablo or Abbo? I think it's Ablo. Come on, pre-search. Shout out pre-search. Let me come up a sponsor. Um, he was a 41-year-old fashion designer. I think he was head of something. Uh, the head of something at Louis Vuitton. And that was kind of only recent, though. But uh, people who are into design were probably very into him. I've seen his bits and bits and clips of of uh, his kind of theory on on fashion and stuff. It was very very interesting. Very very interesting. He said he he, he was the founder of Off White, right? Apparently, an Italian <laughs> luxury fashion label. Uh, I don't even understand fashion label. I do kind of want to study fashion and art and stuff. See how those markets work. Collaborated with Nike, Levi's, Jimmy Choo, IQ, and, and Evian. Things is that water? Uh, founded by Virgil Abloh. Mr. Abloh was born in Chicago. Uh, I think he had some a stint with Mr. Mr. Yay, Mr. West. Company was incorporated in Milan in 2012. Um, the company was first founded as Pyrex Vision by Virgil Abloh in the Italian city of Milan in 2012. Abloh then rebranded the company as Off-White, which he describes as the gray area between black and white as the color Off-White to the fashion world. He was saying that Off-White was marketed towards an affluent demographic. I think it was a high, high dollar brand of fashion, right? Uh, but he said also that he made it so that the competition to compete with this very high priced brand would come from people and people who like saw saw like the vision, whatever that may be of the, of that brand. So to people that would say, oh, this is high priced and overvalued, the competing brands would come from uh, new people in the fashion industry that would it, you know, innovate, and make cooler stuff, uh, and to hear that coming from him was pretty cool. Um, kind of like a inspirational thing slash capitalistic thing. <laughs> uh, but man's died. I don't even know if I said that already, but man's dead. 
he apparently had a uh, cancer. Um, I might go on a deep dive of just his talks and stuff, because a lot of the talks that I saw clips of were very cool. I want to see the intersection of his theory and his action. He was the first African-American to be artistic director of a, at a French luxury fashion house. Abloh was named by Time Magazine as one of the 100 most influential people in the world in 2018. Starting a brand in 2012, I'm sure he kind of wasn't, uh, that wasn't the first thing in 2012 he started, but reached a new level of fame, unusual for a designer, an inspirational figure, said the BBC. He's dead, November 28th. Something like a long time ago. December 4th now. Uh, let's see his early life, huh? Born in Illigrin, Illinois, to immigrant parents from Ghana. Seamstress mother, father managed a paint company. Learned how to sew from his mother. Ablo was raised in Rockford, went to a Catholic high school, graduated Wisconsin-Madison Bachelor in Civil Engineering. Is civil engineering literally... Okay, it's like the infrastructure of cities. I thought it might have been like a mental engineering thing. Received a Master of Architecture from Illinois Institute of Technology in 2006. Ablo was attending Illinois Institute of Technology and there was building on campus under construction by the architect, ar, ar, architect Rem Kulhaus, also worked as a runway collection for Prada, this man, which helped spark his in, interest for fashion while studying architecture. I've seen, I've seen those two worlds collide, architecture and like fashion and art. Um, and I, you know, come talking about that uh, theory of intersection of like action and theory, you do like art to practical practicality, architecture is, is kind of the place, you know, you could say it's art architecture. <laughs> While studying architecture, he designed t-shirts and wrote on fashion, wrote on fashion and designed and designed for a well-known blog, The Brilliance. I'm going to check that out. Ablo first met popular musician Kanye West while working on his designs at Chicago Print Shop. That's very cool. Um, a year later, West appointed Ablo the creative director of his creative agency, Donda, which is his mom's name. That was 2010, I think. Oh, so he's working for... After graduating from university, Avlo in interned at Fendi in the same class as rapper Kanye West in 2009. That's weird. Kanye West was in an intern class at Fendi in 2009. Avlo caught the eye of the Louis Vuitton CEO after working with Kanye. Later that year, Ablo and West's artistic partner, Don C., launched a retail store called the RSVP Gallery. I might, I'm going I'm to dive into his stuff. I feel like he has some, some cool things I can learn from. Um, it also makes me realize I got to write more. There's like two weeks I was writing for myself for doing like a little newsletter. And I shouldn't have said little, but uh, they were short in, in length. Uh, I was supposed to do that as an exercise, uh, just doing one studying for a week in the morning and getting just weekly things out. I stopped probably a couple weeks ago. 
And I'll probably pick that back up. With economic space time, you can see it on my Twitter. Caller John. Thank you for listening. I'm going to stop now. This was, uh, this was, uh, I don't want to say interesting, but it was, it was definitely different. Uh, this time than other times, even just other times of, of Mr. Bond being here, sober or not. And, uh, from other times I've, I've done solo stuff. It was, it was kind of a, a different tone, I think, maybe. But I enjoyed it. I kind of, didn't have to do many things off top. I kind of just woke up, started talking. Not to ruin the mystique, but you're still listening. So thank you very much for still listening. Subscribe if you can. Instagram, Ricker and Bon. Um, Discord, hop in the message. Ask for the Discord. I'll get you guys a link soon. It'll be rickerandbond.com slash Discord. Um gotta keep on writing man someone said i forget who oh man i really wish i remember the context but this person was making content and oh my god who was it ah that's a bummer but they were making content and they're like yo dude i'm getting emails from companies and people in the industry this person was in uh, that I w would never have dreamed of getting because I, I put content up and kind of became, uh, you know, a place in that field. Uh, so that, you know, goes back to niches, back to taking action and uh, studying things, putting out your thoughts and something I got to do. I put out, I put out things. I got to put out more things, you know, maybe niche down a little bit. A little metaverse marketing. Is something I probably should do. And I shall. Probably right now. After I stop this podcast. So, appreciate you for listening. Thank you. Uh, please reach out on Instagram. Um, say what's up. Say what you like about the pod. Say what got you interested in the first place. Uh, what you don't like about the pod now. And uh, shout out. Shout out Peter, man. I, Peter, if you listen this far. First of all, thank you. Uh, but I really like deeply appreciate you uh me messaging and saying that um it's nice to see the reciprocation of uh of a podcast that has been running for a couple years uh and and not really hit but people people uh, not hit a mass audience but the people that has hit man i uh, has been really cool i mean um, bones in discord home ground in discord like I, I i talk to every day now um and you know norwegian peter i've been talking to for a minute too uh so i appreciate it man and you care enough to to message and say hey man i don't love crypto like y'all love crypto can we get some rihanna baby pregnancy news in there you know i hope you guys enjoy the pregnancy news her hands are on her stomach what does that mean you know Sorry for the sarcasm. If you guys enjoy it, I'll give you a little bit of it. Thanks for listening. Rigor. Bye. Boyo, oh, do we have a podcast for you today? It's a lovely 
general podcast that is not too crypto specific shout out day one Norwegian Peter uh, a little bit of Rihanna pregnancy uh, huh? alright you like it like it general a little rumor gossip Rihanna pregnancy uh, how to make the earth not die in your lifetime and of course a little bit of crypto whatever what's up Peter thanks for listening enjoy Rick and Bond subscribe five stars tell a friend that you love the pod so they love the pod and you guys can love the pod together and then eventually have some babies and stuff Rihanna babies Rihanna babies. All right, enjoy. How come you don't want me? If you want to keep going, I will keep going tonight. What's up? Can't beat the fucking Clippers. Y'all make me sick of this shit. You said you wanted less crypto. Well, here's an ad read that gives you crypto right in your freaking face, man. From our friends over at MyBookie, cryptocurrency is the future. So don't get left. You said you wanted less crypto. Well, here's an ad read that gives you crypto right in your freaking face, man. From our friends over at My. You said you wanted less crypto. Well, here's an ad read that gives you crypto right in your freaking face, man. From our friends over at MyBookie, crypto 